May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from the gospel reading from Luke chapter 2. Let's pray. Almighty God, we pray for your presence and blessing today as we near the end of the year. Bless us as we walk forward into a new year with you. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. The world is peppered with people who can coax small seeds of inspiration into richly flowering ideas to put humankind on a better path. And then there's the guy in Des Moines. So begins a news report in 2017 about a police chase in Iowa that took a rather intriguing turn. Because one morning, early one morning, a trooper for the Iowa State Patrol attempted to pull a man over, but then he stepped on the gas and triggered what turned out to be a 10-15 minute police chase. The chase finally ended when the cars got off the freeway and then a maneuver forced the fleeing car and driver to stop near a Des Moines elementary school. So what was it that caused the driver just to take off from that traffic stop? Well, as it says, uh, as it was reported, the 46-year-old at the helm of this idea told authorities that leading police on a chase was something on his bucket list. <laughs> and it's true, I don't think that reason is given that often, but uh, one of the local sergeants told the reporter that he had never heard such an excuse in 30 years of law enforcement. Well, what, uh, what would be on your bucket list? Hopefully not leading police on a car chase, uh, but what would be on your bucket list? There's a book titled unforgettable places to see before you die. And as the title suggests that the author has traveled all around the world uh, with a photographer and they produced this beautiful book of places that, that in his opinion were unforgettable and really worth visiting. And if you're going to make a list of things to do and see and before you pack your bags for the final time, the places mentioned in the book are worth considering. If you look around bookstores, you check out the internet, you're going to find a lot of advice on things you should do and places you should travel to before you die. One author had a similar book titled A Hundred Things to Do and See Before You Die, and he intended to do all of them before he was too old to travel, but he died at the age of 47, only halfway through his list. In the gospel reading today, we meet a man named Simeon. He had done everything he wanted to do, except for one thing, his bucket list, if you will. <laughs> he wanted to see the Messiah, the Messiah that God promised in the scriptures, where, where we're told that, that Simeon was a God-fearing man, a man who longed for the day when God would send the Savior. We're told the Spirit promised Simeon that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the promised Christ, the Messiah. And as we read, we are led to believe that, that Simeon's an older man still waiting for that day when he would see God's promise fulfilled. And maybe because of his advanced years, Simeon just knew God would do what he said very soon. I uh, Honestly, I, I don't know what Simeon expected to happen that day, and I doubt very much that he was expecting to see a baby. And one thing was clear. 
there was one more thing he wanted to do before he died. And so we had this image of this old man, right, at the temple, waiting, watching, looking, searching for, the, for, for a sight of the Savior. Does that sound familiar? I mean, this has been the image of our lives throughout this Advent season, hasn't it? We've been waiting, we've been watching, we've been longing for the Messiah, the, the Savior, the Christ. We, and so we've got something in common with Simeon, don't we? Luke tells us that Mary and Joseph bundled up their six-week-old uh, baby boy and made the trip from Bethlehem to the temple of Jerusalem where they planned to present him, their firstborn, to the Lord and make a sacrifice for Mary's purification as the law of Moses required. And that same day, Simeon is led by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple. Uh, perhaps it wasn't on his list of things to do that day, but, but somehow he knew that going to the temple was what God wanted him to do. And so Simeon had been promised that he would see the Messiah before he died. He could not ignore, uh, afford to ignore the fact that for some reason God wanted him at the temple that day. That day at that time. It seems strange that we really don't have a, a lot of conversation recorded between Mary and Joseph and Simeon, just Simeon's words to them. But it seems like the, the parents of Jesus uh, sensed this spirituality in this old man, arms outstretched, asking if he could hold their child. Old Simeon sees in this small child salvation. The salvation that people have been waiting for and longing for. Here in his arms is the one who will save all people, the one who brings salvation. And Simeon says that now he has done all the things he's wanted to do in his life, ready to go. He is ready to die, for he had seen the promises of God fulfilled. Cradling the infant, Jesus in his arms, he prays to God. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised you now dismiss your servant in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of every person, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. Then he blessed Mary and Joseph, but he goes on to tell them more. Simeon describes this baby as a bright light a light that's going to reveal God's will to all people. And you know, the, the brighter the light, the, the deeper and darker the shadows. There are a lot of people that are going to rejoice to learn who Jesus is. But there are also many who would clench their fists out of anger. The light of the Savior would truly show the people who were really ready to get closer to God. But his light would also expose those who didn't. He would remind them that he and the Father are one and, and that to reject him would also mean rejecting the one who sent him. There would be those that would deny that he's the only way to be reconciled, the, the, the only way to be reconciled with the God of the universe is through him. And that it's possible to enter into the Father's presence in heaven. Some will embrace that truth, some will deny it. This child will cause a divide in history and in humanity. There'll be those that will believe and trust in him as Lord and Savior and King, and there'll be those that will reject him and do their best to get rid of him. Simeon 
passed the baby back to Mary and said, This child is destined to cause the rising and falling of many in Israel, and a sign they'll be spoken against, so the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Now we know that throughout his life, and ever since this has been the case, hasn't it? Simeon didn't know that Mary would see Jesus die on a cross, but he did know that when Jesus suffered rejection, when he suffered humiliation, that, that she would also suffer. He said, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. But John tells us that they were not alone that day when they gathered in the temple. There's a woman named Anna, uh, 84 years old, and she also was looking for and speaking of this Savior who was to come. The Bible tells us that, that she took up residence in the temple. She never left. She stayed there day and night fasting and praying for that one day where we, she would see the one whom God had sent to redeem Israel. And again, God brought them together just the right time. At just the right time. And Anna prophesied that this child would redeem Israel. All of her years of watching and waiting and fasting came to an end. She told the people in the temple who this child was, as it was for Simeon, for Anna. Her, now, her life was now complete. He's seen and done it all. All the things that she had experienced in life, all the things she had achieved and done, this was indeed the most important and the most exciting thing. Her list of things she wanted to do before she died, they were all checked off now. Now there are some reasons why these two people are featured on this, the first Sunday after Christmas. First, there's a sort of an irony to this account, isn't there? Because while Simeon could not die until he met the Savior in person, we cannot really live until we meet the Savior, right? Now, we can journey through life. We can be happy enough. We can be successful, comfortable, joyous people. But we really can't have true peace until we know that the Savior has come to love us one by one, to love us into the kingdom of God. Simeon's joy was complete when he encountered the Savior sent from God. Our joy, likewise, can only be complete when we encounter Jesus, our Savior. Not just a figure from the Bible. He's the Savior. The one who's been sent into our lives to drive out the darkness of sin and death and, and bring us into the wonderful, uh, wonderful light of grace and forgiveness and eternal life. I mean, it's only when we realize that Jesus came into this world for each one of us personally that we can find true joy and rise above any of the hurts and dangers that we encounter along life's path. And secondly, we see in these stories of Simeon and Anna evidence that uh, the religious life, it's, it's not a sprint <laughs> that we sometimes think it is. It's more of a marathon, isn't it? In an age of sort of instant gratification, where the pursuit of a, a passion may last a, a few days or weeks. <laughs> These figures from the Gospel of Luke spent years seeking God's blessing. In an age where a religious excitement seems to last only as long as it makes people feel good, when things are no longer exciting, well, they go on to something else that gives them the buzz to continue on. Here we see these two elderly figures remind us that faith and trust in God, commitment and dedication to what God desires, 
religious fervor, commitment to God's church, it's not just days and weeks or months or years. It's commitment of a lifetime, isn't it? For us, uh, waiting for next Christmas might seem like forever. For Simeon and Anna, their watching and waiting span decades. I'm sure there are times when they were impatient with God, right? Uh, I'm sure they were depressed sometimes as they looked at their fellow Jews and how they sometimes abandoned the worship of God or misunderstood how God should act. I'm sure they wondered whether God could really carry out the promise of the Savior. But none of them kept them from, none of those questions kept them from hanging in there. They were trusting God, waiting for that moment when God would bless them. They also knew that they'd be a blessing to others as they proclaimed the one that, to one and all, what they had seen, the salvation that God promised. In fact, they could describe to others what it was like to hold the fulfillment of God's promise in their arms. What an amazing thing. The third reason why Simeon and Anna are seen right after Christmas is that they bring us back to why there had to be a Christmas in the first place. We've heard the ancient prophecies about the Savior. We've heard the accounts of the angels and the shepherds. We've, we've seen the baby in the manger. This little glimpse into the lives of Simeon and Anna remind you and me that God's plan of salvation also includes some unpleasant things. A cross, cruelty, pain, torture, whips, nails, bleeding, dying. Emmanuel, God with us. God has come down to earth in the flesh. This child is a light which reveals God's love and brings salvation for all people. He is our Savior. He's our Savior 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for the rest of our lives. And quite frankly, that's something to be excited about. He has come from heaven to earth for you and for me. What's on your bucket list? What's on that list of things to do before you die? I guess if you really think about it, you've already died. In Romans, Paul reminds us, do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we've been united with him in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. And in 1 Peter, we hear this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. In Christ, you've already died. In the waters of holy baptism, you were buried with Jesus. 
and you were raised with him. So perhaps it's better to say things to do after you die. You've died with Christ. Your life is now with him. After our death in him, we have peace, joy, grace, forgiveness, life, eternal life. I mean, considering 2020, who knows what 2021 is going to hold? But who cares? We've already died and been made alive in Jesus. Let's take this Christmas joy into the new year, my friends. Let's walk into a new year with joy and confidence, knowing that Jesus is our Savior, that he is our light, that he is our strength, that he is our comfort every moment of the year ahead and every day of our lives. Emmanuel, God with us. Let's now live in him. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.